Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message. So Jesus, we, we do thank you that you're here in our midst. We thank you that you continue to show yourself faithful to us over and over again. You are merciful, you are kind, you are just, you are powerful, you are with us. We love you, Jesus. Come and meet us today. Come and exceed our expectations. Come and have your way. We need you. We can do nothing without you, Jesus, and so we ask, we ask, we ask that you would come. Have your way. Meet us. Help us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, let's give the Lord praise this morning together. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you, Chase. Well, good morning, church. My name is Christian Root. I'm the associate pastor here. It is so good to be with you all this morning. Now, now make sure that you're, you're keeping up with us online. You can check us out at GCV or gcvineyard.org. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And make sure you, you check out our resources that we have for adults and for students and, and for kids as well. Also, please make sure to contact me if uh, you have a personal need that you would like met or, or if you would like to meet the personal need of another. And so my email is christian at gcvineyard.org. And so I would love to help you out if you need it or help connect you with others. My next announcement is one I'm particularly excited about. Uh, I'm so excited to announce that our, our Tuesday night prayer is back. And so we're going to be meeting every Tuesday night on Zoom. And, and so if you'd like to pray with uh, other church members for our church, for our city, and, and for our world, email me again at, at christian at gcvineyard.org, and I will make sure to send you the Zoom link so that we can get you connected and praying with us. All right, well, we're, we're going to be hosting a, a Red Cross blood drive here every Thursday over the course of May, and so that's why we got their, their truck parked right outside our, our church. And so to schedule an appointment, or you can call 1-800-RED-CROSS, or you can visit the Red Cross website. All right, well, you might have seen in the back of our, our parking lot, we have what's called the Blessing Box. And the Blessing Box is a simple station where people in need can help themselves to shelf-stable food at any time. And so if you're, if you're in need of shelf-stable food, you can check out the Blessing Box throughout the week. And if you would like to donate to the Blessing Box, uh, by all means, you, you can leave uh, groceries there as well. And, and so our, our slogan is, take if, if you have a need and give if you have or give if you can. And so please spread the word about the blessing box to your friends, to your neighbors, and we want to make sure we can help a lot of people through your generosity. Well, if you're not on our emailing list and would like to be, you can simply make your request by emailing us at info at gcvineyard.org or by calling us at 614 277 
2700. We're not going to be printing out a bulletin every week, but you're going to find the bulletin on our website every Friday. And if you're unable to access the internet and, and take a look at our bulletin, then uh, please give us a call and we'd love to, to mail you a hard copy every week. And lastly, church, we're, we're not going to be receiving a, a uh, physical offering this morning, but I just want to encourage you to continue to give your tithes and your offerings faithfully. You, you can give this morning by, by clicking on the QR code at the bottom of your bulletin uh, with your phone, or, or you can send in your tithes and offerings to 3005 Holt Road, Grove City, Ohio, 43123. You can also click on the giving tab on our gcvineyard.org website as well. And so thank you again, church, in advance for your continued faithfulness. We, we're just so encouraged as a staff to, to, to know that uh, you're still giving and, and still supporting the, the many, many ministries that we help support both locally and all around the world. And so if you are visiting with us, however, from another church, I'm going to ask you to, to, to not give this morning to our church offering, but to continue giving to your home church because they, they certainly need it during this time. All right, let's pray for this morning's offering. Jesus, as we've already said, you are a faithful, generous God. You are a God that over and over again gives us help, gives us aid, gives us provision in our time of need. Would you increase our trust in you? That you are, you are the God of unlimited resource and you know what we need. And so in light of your, in light of your goodness, in light of all that you have, would you help us to be a generous church? And would you use our offerings for your glory and that, my, and that many might be helped. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Let's worship. Good morning. How is everybody today? Good. Well, have you ever heard someone say, trust God or trust in God? Sometimes I think we hear someone say something and go, oh, okay, yeah, but don't really know what it means. If I say the word trust, what does that make you think of? Every day, we trust in a lot of things. When you get dressed, you trust that your parents have provided clothes for you to wear. When you eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, or the million snacks during the day, you trust that there's food. What about if you were to go to a friend's house? You trust that your parent will come back to pick you up. Have you ever been the last one to get picked up from someplace? It can be a little scary. I mean, it gets scary because our trust in that person, it fades. But now in the back of our minds, we know that they will be there. But there are times when the trust gets a little bit shaky. Why do you trust these people? For most of us, we trust people because they have shown us they can be trusted. They have protected us or cared for us many times before. Well, in the, in the Bible, there was a man named Abraham who was married to Sarah. Now, Abraham and Sarah, they were pretty old guys. They were like 75 years old. 
God told Abraham to pick up all of his things and move to another part of the country, away from his family and friends. Abraham didn't ask any questions. He packed up his things, set out with his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot. Abraham trusted God. And that's not the only time Abraham had to trust God. Listen to this one. Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90, and they had not had any children of their own. And God told Abraham that he and Sarah would have a child. Abraham trusted God, and he was given a son, Isaac. Kids, sometimes it can be hard to trust people, but there is one that you can always trust, God. God will never leave you or let you down. God is always going to have your back, but you have to trust him. This doesn't mean that things will be easy and they'll all go away. It just means that God is going to be there with you through the good and the bad times. So kids, join with me and trust God. Thank you, Heather. (laughs) Well, good morning, church. It's so great to see you guys today. Hey, uh, you know, there's so many things that I love about the Bible. I know you do too, and the Bible is, my Bible is my most treasured, treasured earthly possession. One of the things that I love about the Bible is the range of how it can talk to us about revelation of the mysteries of God, the deep mysteries of God, all the way to wisdom for daily living and even facing the problems that we face. Well, today in two brief verses from the book of Isaiah, I want to share examples of both of those things in a message entitled, Watch Where You're Going. Let's pray together. Father, we invite you to come now as we are gathered together in this parking lot, and I thank you for the power of presence, Lord, that as these men and women and young people have come into this space, that you have fulfilled your promise that where two or more gather in my name, there am I among them. And so we rejoice in that, and and Father, we invite you to come now and to um, be the teacher, to be the one who takes the words of your word and brings them into our hearts and applies them to our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, uh, what I'd like you to do is turn in your Bibles to Matthew, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah is the big prophet, uh, one of the big prophets in the Old Testament. And uh, as those of you, while you're turning there, I'll give you some context. As those of you who've been riding with us for a while, you know, and even as recently as last week, uh, Christian talked about Isaiah being, uh, having been written some 700 years before the birth of Christ. But the, it, and there's an issue with that, and that is that there are references to the Babylonian captivity and after the Babylonian captivity, strong references within the book of Isaiah, which happened in uh, like 597 through 539 B.C. So either Isaiah lived to be like 300 years old if he wrote the whole thing, or uh, he had dramatic prophetic revelations of what it was going to be like after his lifetime, always a possibility. Um, And another possibility is that another prophet, or perhaps even prophets, picked up the revelation and the writing of the book of Isaiah past uh, chapter 39, so that the actual Isaiah would have written 1 through 39, and a, a, a successor, if you will, would have written at some point 40 through 66. 
And I'm just telling you that these are possibilities for the authorship of the book, book of Isaiah. In any case, there are important declarations in the book of Isaiah about what God was doing with the people of Israel uh, before, during, and immediately after the Babylonian captivity. And uh, chapter 43, that we're going to look just a couple verses at today, is very wide in its scope. And uh, when it talks about God doing something new, it's talking about what God is going to do after the Babylonian captivity, because the temple and the wall in Jerusalem had been destroyed, so they were going to go back to Jerusalem, and God was going to do a new, a new thing. Now look with me at uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. I think it's the word of the Lord for us today. The Bible says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. God says I'm going to do something new. God says I'm going to take you in a new direction. And I believe that's his word for us today as believers, as a large church, capital C, the church around the world. And I believe it's his word for us today as a fellowship here at Grove City Vineyard. That God's doing a new thing. And so as I was praying about that this week, I kept getting this phrase, watch where you're going. Watch where you're going. If we look at these couple of verses here, on, uh, on the end of things in which I said the Bible declares and reveals some of the deep mysteries of the nature of God, we see that right here in one of the verses. And what it's telling us is that while, while God by nature is immutable, that he loves to do new things. Now, the word immutable means that it's, it's a thing that can't be changed by, by pressures from the outside. And so, if we think about a mutation, for example, of a microorganism, there, we, we see that even in a virus, that pressures from the outside, whether it be medical treatments or, or, or population pressures, can actually cause the thing to mutate or to change because of pressure from the outside. That's what mutation is. God is immutable. God is immutable. And by that, it means that he cannot be changed by pressures from the outside. Because he's the ultimate, ultimate pressure. He's the ultimate source of life. And so he cannot be changed by things from the outside. And yet, we see in the Bible that while God is immutable, that he still likes to do new things. Have you noticed this? That though God is immutable, he still, he still rejoices in doing new things. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, it says that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Now this, this refers to his essential nature, doesn't it? That the essential nature of God is the same yesterday, today, and will be tomorrow. And this is really a reference to the faithfulness of God and the dependability of God. That, I don't know about you, but I can be a little moody. That probably comes as a great surprise to you, I know. I have a fairly wide emotional bandwidth, and uh, some of that you like, that's because you don't have to work with me, right? Listen, so, so there's a possibility that you might get this version of me or that version of me. And it's getting better as I get older. I seem to be living more toward the middle. 
But in any case, that's how we are as people, correct? And we can be changed by the things that are going on around us. God is immutable. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And as his essence, his nature, he is absolutely the same. And yet we see that though God is unchanging in his nature, he loves to do new things. Genesis chapter 1, that the earth was formless, and there's nothing going on here. And God said, I'm going to do a new thing. And so he made all of this. You can flip all the way to the end of the Bible and, and see various, various expressions of God doing new things until you get to Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, where it says that, that the one who was sitting on the throne, that'd be God, says, behold, I am making all things new. God, he's the same, but he loves to make stuff new. He loves to make stuff new. The Bible says, listen, listen, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? God made us new. How many of you are glad that God made you new? Come on. Yeah. God loves to make stuff new. Toot, please. And uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, he says, as we just read, See, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now, in context, specifically, this would have been a reference to the new thing that God was doing with the people of Israel after they returned to Jerusalem following the Babylonian captivity. That things were, going to be, things were going to be different. That he's doing a new thing. But again, throughout the Bible, we see God is here. And then boom, he does a new thing. And boom, he does a new thing. And the amazing new thing he did was what? Jesus Christ on the cross where Jesus said, This is the new covenant in my blood. So God rejoices in doing a new thing. Time and time again. Throughout church history, we see the churches moving along, and boom, God does a new thing. And boom, God does a new thing. And I believe that as we emerge from this pandemic, that we're going to see God seize the opportunity to do a new thing in his church. And um, for that very reason, this passage exhorts us, watch where you're going. Don't think that you're just going to keep on the same path. Because God is doing a new thing. I don't want to stay on the same path if God's on another path. path. Amen, church? And so the practical direction uh, from these two verses is there for us. For us to watch where we're going in very intentional ways. We get to the practical side. And if you look at those verses with me again, God gives us four things. Four effective ways of watching where we're going. He starts in verse 18 by saying, forget the former things. Forget them. Forget them. Forget the former things. And he was saying this to his, his people because the former things weren't there. The three major pillars of their faith, the ark, the temple, and the wall, weren't there anymore. And so he's saying, don't expect, don't expect to go. You get, you get a, if you want God's new, you've got to forget the former things, and you've got to forget it. And forgetting is when God uses that word, it's a strong word, isn't it? He, the Bible says that God forgets our sins; He remembers them no more. Anybody besides me grateful for that? Hello. He for, so God is a good forgetter. God is a good forgetter. So when He uses the word in the Scripture, forget, we have to realize what a very strong word that is. Where He says to them, forget. 
Put them right out of your mind, the former things. And forgetting is an essential part of our walk with Christ. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, you know this, he said, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, forgetting it, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And we've got to forget, the Bible says we have to forget the former things if we're going if we're going to be, embrace the new thing that God's doing. I feel like I want to share with you that in some ways this week was a terrible week for me. I have been under so much temptation lately. Uh, it's just been terrible. And, uh, you know, I don't have anything to confess that's going to make you run for cover or anything or say hey, we glad we got Christian around uh, or anything like that. I, I don't think so. But it's been a rough week. And I've just been noticing the longer this goes on, the higher my temptation level is. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. But I'm also finding victory, but I wish I could say it was 100%. And again, I don't have some deal breaker thing to confess to you. I'm just saying it hasn't been a great week in some respects. And I laid it at the cross. I've laid it before the Lord. I've confessed it, and I've received his forgiveness. And now what? It's up to me to do what? To forget it, right? i got to forget it. If I didn't forget it, I couldn't stand here in front of you today. Forgetting, forgetting is an important part of our walk with the Lord. The second thing that Isaiah says we must do to embrace God's new is do not dwell on the past. Verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Now, this is not quite as severe as forgetting. He says there's stuff you need to forget and don't dwell on it. We all have great memories of certain things where we can go, hey, remember when? And they're great memories, are they not? And they form a part of our heritage. We're not called to forget those things. But we're called also not to dwell on them so that we look backwards and say, remember when we used to? And just dwell on them. We all have great memories. And the Bible says appreciate them and go on. You may hold them in your memory for encouragement, but not for longing for the past. That would be dwelling on them. I have so many great memories on this piece of land here. But you know what? Karen and I have remarkable memories of when we pastored in another denomination prior to coming into the vineyard 30 years ago. And we just have some, it was another way of doing church, which we were called to at the time, and then God called us to do a new thing. But I we have wonderful, wonderful memories of people from long ago. Well, we don't long for it. We don't dwell on it. But we're blessed by those memories. I'm blessed by the memory of bringing leaders out into this cornfield and kneeling down, all of us in the mud, and just asking God, well, is this it? Is this home? I'm blessed by memories of opening services. I'm blessed by memories of family reunions that we used to have. Why don't we do them anymore? Because God loves doing new things. And I'm blessed by these memories. But I must appreciate them and allow them to propel me forward, not call me backwards. I'm blessed by so many memories of being in India with Pastor Stephen and his wife Queenie and going to the Bar Girl Leper Colony. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed by, by our dear friends, Dr. Israel J. Rajan and his wife Ranjini. 
and, and just the work of love and kindness that they're doing. I'm blessed by having been there, but I can't hold on to it. I can't let the past call me backwards because if we're going to embrace the new thing that God is doing, we must appreciate the past and say, Lord, I'm open. I'm open for the new. Third, the Bible says to watch where you're going to use your eyes. Verse 19, he says, see, well, there you go. (laughs) See, I am doing a new thing. Use your eyes. We have eyes to see what God is doing. Inside of your heart, inside of the part of you that loves Jesus and has been born again, you have eyes. They're called the eyes of your heart. Paul called it that in Ephesians chapter 1, where he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened. The eyes of your heart. And you know, it's just such a wonderful thing when God opens the eyes of our heart and we begin to see what he's doing. We begin to see and enjoy that thing. And, and I, my prayer for you is that you can see with the eyes of the heart. How many times did Jesus open the eyes of the blind, right? It seemed like one of his favorite things to do was to cause a blind person to see. What a metaphor for what he wants to do in our lives. Jesus said in Matthew 13 that there are some who have eyes but cannot see and ears but cannot hear. And my, my, my prayer for all of us, myself at the head of the line, is God, may I always see what you're doing. May I always hear what you're doing. May the eyes of my heart be open so that I can see what you're doing. That's not just for pastors. That's for all of us that we would live in that kind of relationship with God. And then finally, this passage says, if you're going to watch where you're going, you've got to get ready for the new flow. Verse 19, second half, he says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Well, the reason, listen, listen, this is probably the big one right here. The reason I believe that God always wants to do something new is only to increase his love and power in the world. That's why God would do something new, because he has something better. It's hard to let go of the past, but it's only because he has something better. This coronavirus has put us in a position where we say, God, how's it going to be from here on out? What new thing do you want to do? And, and, and it's been like a spiritual draino just coming and opening up the flow of God. We saw someone healed, one of the volunteers healed this morning before service ever started of a condition that she's had for a long time. And praise God, we saw her healed before our very eyes. And, and God is just opening up a flow. Early this morning, as I was walking the wall this morning, God spoke very clear to me. Because I've been asking him, what's this stream going to look like this? He says, get ready for the new flow. And today when I was out there by the cross, God spoke this word to me. And he said, the new flow is going to be my blood. That the blood of Jesus from the cross is going to flow. And we are going to see times of evangelism like we have never seen in history. We are going to see the, the call for t- sinners to turn to repentance and come to him like never before in history. Rejoice in that, beloved. It's going to demand some things of us. You know, very soon we'll be back in the building. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to listen. Uh, very soon we'll be back in the building. When are we going to be back in the building? I can't give you the exact date, but I can guarantee you this. We are exactly one week closer than we were a week before. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and we're all getting tired of sitting in, car, in cars for church or watching online. But I want to tell you something. 
Your presence here is so powerful. When you make the decision to come or to watch online, and I bless those of you who are watching online, listen. When you make the decision to come, you make a decision to bring power into this parking lot because there's power in presence. And when you sit in your car for church and go, I can't believe I'm sitting in my car for church. When will this be over? God is doing something in us right now. And what he's doing is he's tearing, I can hear a tearing sound in the kingdom. He's tearing old things off of us so that we'll be open to his new. I mean, how many of you like me, listen, are longing to be in each other's company, longing just to be with each other? How, how our hearts have just grown for our appreciation for one another in Christ. You see, I believe part of what God, the new things God's going to do is the church will no longer be religious, but it'll be relational. Because we love God, love each other, we're seeing those things. But God, I'm just, I'm, God is doing something. I'm just asking you not to resist the painful sense of loss that you feel right now. Don't resist it. Just invite God to do, do his work. And, and also, will you please, if I can be a little more practical even than this, would you please prepare yourself for coming on inside? Don't, please don't decide ahead of time that you will never wear a mask or never re, you'll never resist hugging and handshaking when we return. You know, don't let your pride, please, don't let your pride or your longing for the past uh, ruin yourself for what it's going to be like when we do get inside. We're still working out all the details, but you know it's going to be different. And uh, I just want to leave you with this. Listen. I entitled this, Watch Where You're Going, because God has a new future. But I think what I really want to say is watch where he's going. Watch where he's going. Watch where he's going. That's the path I want to be on. I want to be on the path where he's going. It's going to cost something of of all of us, but I want to be on the path where he's going. The Bible says, forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Listen, this morning, we're going to sing here in a minute. I'm going to lead you in a song that we can just ask God to open the eyes of our heart. But as we do that, I want to also make this make you aware of this, is that today we're adding a feature to our service that we have deeply missed. And that is praying for people who would like to be prayed with. And so beginning today, when we're all done here and, and, uh, and you are dismissed, and you are dismissed by Rose, and of course you'll be very respectful of the directions to turn. When you, if you would like to receive prayer, you can just stay right where you are. You can just stay right where you are. And then once everybody's gone, we're going to just direct you to... To, to drive over here to the south end of the parking lot and someone will be over there. You can roll down your window. They'll be wearing a mask. Keep a safe distance. But they'll hear what it is that you'd like to receive prayer for. And we'll be so, so very happy, happy to pray with you. Lord, I bless your name and I bless together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. From the, from, from the very youngest little infant out there with Wade and Courtney here among us to the oldest of us, Lord. We know that you count us all your children by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, and it's through that narrow gate that we come today. We do not rely on our own efforts, Father, to present ourselves to you.
But we receive the mercy that you've given us in Christ. And we receive the Holy Spirit to infill us, Lord, and to cause us to walk according to your ways. Father, may the Spirit of the Lord fall on this church as you have been faithful to protect us from this disease. May the Spirit of God continue to work in and through us as your people. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Amen, church. Well, as the parking folks start to release you, you may do that now. I'm going to read Psalm 91 over you as a blessing. I believe God is fulfilling this word over us. And again, those of you who would like to receive prayer, we're happy to provide that. You just stay put, and in just a minute, we'll have you move over to where the prayers are, okay? Stay tuned in as you leave to 93.9 so you can hear this blessing from the Lord as long as you possibly can. The Bible says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked." If you say the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God bless you, beloved. You guys have a great week. It's so wonderful to see you.